Good evening, everybody. Merry Christmas. Really, really excited to see you all, and I just wanted to share a little passage just this evening, this afternoon, uh, just to get us in the mood, but man, what a joy we have to proclaim that Jesus is born, amen? amen. All right. So Isaiah 9.6 says this, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, the reason we can have joy, because of him. And it's exciting, and so this is a family-friendly service, and if you have kids, uh, just know that if it would best serve your family, there is a nursery through toddler um, downstairs, and so if that would serve you, you're more than welcome to take your kids down there. This is a family-friendly service, we're excited, uh, but at this moment, would you just greet each other and uh, welcome each other this afternoon.
Well, Merry Christmas. Aren't you happy to be here today? Let's give our God a hand, huh? Awesome, awesome days. We, uh, we are so thrilled that you are here. We had a great 11 o'clock hour. It was standing room only. Be glad you're here now, okay? Because there was no room. We couldn't fit another soul in here if we tried. But we are so glad that you're here now. We have another one at five. And it's just been a great day to honor Jesus. Because at Crossroads, Jesus is the center of everything we do. Amen? So we just honor him. Everything is about him. So here on Christmas Eve, it's just like every other day here. He is the center, and it's his celebration today. But I just want to say welcome to everybody. We're so glad that you're here today, and thank you for being here for Christmas Eve, spending your Christmas with us, experience Christmas together at Crossroads. And then uh, I'd just like to share with you our birthday gift to Jesus. You know, we, uh, and that's, I think, there, there we go, there's our thermometer. Uh, we, we set our goal at 81000 To date, we've, we've collected about $42,000 has come in. Let's give God a hand, huh? Isn't that exciting? And uh, for those of you that are unfamiliar with the birthday gift to Jesus, every year in our church, we ask our people to set a goal to make Jesus the number one part of Christmas, to give more to Jesus than any other person on your, on your, birthday, on your, on your Christmas list. Because after all, it's his birthday, right? So uh, we, take the, we collect these funds, and you know, our mission here is to bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. So we partner with people around the world that are doing the same. And so we, we've been handing out a list, and it, uh, the list is, is long. It's a whole page filled with, with projects and missionaries and people that we are helping around the world. One of them is a missionary as an orphanage in the Philippines, and we'll put those pictures up next. That should be the next slideshow underneath there, and then we'll just keep hitting plus there. Uh, but Right there is uh, this is a picture of the uh, of the orphans in the Philippines. Pastor Al Finney, his wife Linda, grew up in this orphanage. This particular orphanage is the Good Shepherd Fold Orphanage, and so I want to encourage you to uh, to be thinking about them this Christmas as as they go out. They they do their different things, and but we are coming alongside of them and we are partnering with them as they bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. So what I want to encourage you to, to be thinking about is as we give, we're putting Jesus at the top, but we're impacting people around the world. And uh, so we're feeding orphans in, in the Philippines. We feed orphans in Haiti. We feed orphans in Ecuador. And so God is using our church to partner with people around the globe to, uh, to not just have Christmas for ourselves, but to look around and, uh, and help others come into a growing relationship with Jesus around the world. So uh, I'm thankful for all that he's done here. Uh, can we give our God a hand for what he's doing here? Man, what a great God. And uh, if you're giving tonight, we're going to receive our morning, uh, our morning offering, our afternoon offering, right? I'm all out of sorts here today, but we're going to receive our, our offering. And if you're giving to the birthday gift to Jesus, please designate it such birthday gift to Jesus so it can be properly accounted for. But uh, at this time, I'd like to ask our ushers to come forward. We'll receive the, the, the morning offering. Gee, I still think it's before noon, guys, all right? It's been a wild ride already. But uh, we're thanking God for you this morning. This afternoon, gee was all right. Let's just stop forgetting the time, right? But uh, we're thanking God for you. It's been a great day, and I hope that you're enjoying Christmas with your family as, uh, as we look forward to, to, to the day. God, we come before you, and we thank you for all that you're doing. You're a great God. You're worthy to be praised, Lord. And I just ask that as, as we come together and we celebrate, we encourage, and we bless your name, Lord, uh, you'd be honored and adored in this place. 
God be with your people now as they give to you and as we partner with these folks around the world. Lord, we're just so thankful for the, the generosity of God's people. We're so thankful, more importantly, for the generosity that you have been displaying towards us. And God, we just ask your blessing upon this day as we continue. In your name we pray. Amen. so sweet and clear when heaven's lights and music fell and mercy found us here so glory in the highest and on the earth be peace glory to God the world will see Tell the Father's love, His goodness and His grace To show the brightness of His smile, the glory of His face So glory in the highest, and on the earth be peace Glory to God the children sing His name shall be called Wonderful Mighty God, the everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace for all eternity. His name shall be. To lift the weary ones, give peace and perfect rest. To show the brightness of His smile and glorious gift. So glory in the highest and on the earth be peace. Glory to God, the world will sing. His name shall be called wonderful. Mighty God, the everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace for all eternity. His name shall be wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace for all eternity. Oh, his name shall be one name above all others, one name that came to save us.
everlasting Father and Prince of Peace for all eternity. And just uh, continue praising God tonight, this afternoon. (laughs) Ken's got me all messed up here today. (laughs) It's okay. God is with us no matter what time it is. Amen? Amen.
please.
is Rebecca Clausen. Awesome, awesome. Christmas Eve almost can't be without Oh Holy Night. That was beautiful. Could hear a pin drop. You know, as Ken said earlier, Luke said earlier, this is a family-friendly service, and we are all about kids here. And so what we want to do is just kind of show you a little video here of just um, the Christmas story um, with voices from children and just how they see the Christmas story. So let's watch the screen. An angel came down from God to say, Mary will have a baby on Christmas Day. His name will be Jesus, God's only Son, to show that God loves everyone. Mary and Joseph traveled far, far away. When they got to Bethlehem, there was no place to stay. God gave them a stable filled with cows and sheep. Jesus was born and on hay he did sleep. The shepherds were watching their sheep at night. An angel came and caused a great fright. Don't be afraid, I have good news. Jesus is born for you and you and you. The angels sang, the shepherds ran to see the baby God sent to man. It was the best news they had ever heard. They hurried off to spread the word. The wise men came following a special star. All the way to Jesus, they came from afar. They knocked on his door, then knelt on the floor, and worshiped the one we all should adore. They gave their gifts to the little boy, and everyone's heart was filled with joy. Jesus is God's only son, the greatest gift for everyone.
Thank you, Skylar. Let's give her another hand there. We appreciate you. Let's give all of our musicians a hand, huh? What a great, great day here. Christmas Eve, you know, it's the day that uh, you gather together and uh, part of your tradition, you, you have traditions that you'll go through today that you probably go through every year. And uh, part of your tradition is that you go to church even. You're here today and, and uh, there are things that you'll remember, things that you'll go tonight and you'll eat maybe the same food you eat every year on Christmas Eve. And uh, it's kind of a fun time. But I'm reminded that you just can't stop Christmas. You know, I, I went out to the grocery store yesterday and uh, bad idea, folks, all right? Bad idea. My, my wife gave me a list. Now, I don't normally do the grocery store runs, so I don't know where everything's at. And I got this list, but nothing was in order. So I came in, I had to start at one end of the store. The ne- next item was all the way at the other end. And I'm asking like six people in between, you know? And it's amazing how only women know where Worcester sauce is in the, in the grocery store, right? Um, they're like, oh, yeah, that's right by the ketchup, by the steak stuff. I'm like, yeah, I was looking by the soy sauce. Thanks, you know? And, uh, and, and so, so, you know, all over the store, it was crazy. People were like, it's a madhouse. I went down there at 10 o'clock, and it was packed out. So I said, I'm not going in. I, I went home and did some more. I, I went down at noon. It was packed out. So I went back down around 2.33, and it was still packed out. I didn't have any options. I had to go in. I had to get it over with, right? And what happens is we're all racing towards this Christmas, and you can't stop Christmas. It comes every year. We think about it every year. But I, I want you to think about the, the traditions. You know, we've been doing a series called Christmas in the Berg. And we looked at a couple of the traditions that Pittsburghers have of, of Christmas. And we started all the way back with the uh, window. We'll put the picture up there. We had a, uh, the window, of the Kaufman's window. And this was from like 1940s uh, and 50s. The, the, you can see them there. It says, uh, says uh, over the river and through the... I'm sorry. It says, to grandfather's... House for Christmas, all right? Uh, you, you think of uh, Thanksgiving over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. But on Christmas, it must be to grandfather's house for Christmas, right? And uh, there's a little Santa Claus in there and the kids. But that was a big part of the Pittsburgh tradition. Pittsburghers would all go down and they would look at these windows and, and the story and would tell parts of the story. And we related that to Christmas, how that there's parts of the story that you miss if you only start with a manger, if you just start with the manger scene, which we're looking at tonight, you're kind of missing some of the other depth of Christmas. And, and then uh, there's another picture here. The next slide here, is, that's one of the most recent windows uh, in Kaufman's, which turned to Macy's. And I believe that was in 2014 or 15. And so that's on display at the Heinz History Center. Uh, the, the next slide here, we have uh, another tradition. This was the Farkleberry cookie, all right? If you came to church last Sunday, you received a Farkleberry cookie on your way out. That is a Pittsburgh tradition. You're not going to find them anywhere else, all right? Uh, as a matter of fact, if you say to somebody Farkleberry, you have to be careful how you say it. They don't even know what you're saying, all right? Uh, but that, that was a, a tradition in Pittsburgh. Jack Bogut, he would hand them out of the window. Uh, you'd go down and give your money for Children's Hospital Free Care Fund, and they would say, help yourself to a Farkleberry tart, Farkleberry heart, and, uh, and, and have a good day, all right? And that, that's what they would do. Then the next picture here. 
we talked about here. This is the, the horns window. You know, if you go down Penn, uh, the horns tree, that, uh, that's what I knew as the horns tree. Now it's just the, the tree in Pittsburgh, and, and they light that up on light up night. Big tradition. The, the next one is the tree at PPG Place. You go down there, and you can ice skate around there, and you've got all the glass buildings. And uh, in, in the summer, it's a water fountain. And in the winter, they turn into an ice skating rink. It's, it's beautiful. It's just, just some of the cool things that we have in Pittsburgh. But uh, when I was thinking about you can't stop Christmas, I was thinking about one of the greatest Pittsburgh traditions. It's kind of a, it's a newer tradition. It's not, not old, old, but it's, uh, it's, it's the crash. The crash, all right? And, and there it is. There, this is the Pittsburgh crash. Now, uh, I grew up calling it the crash, all right? Because I'm a true Pittsburgher, right? We call it the crash. And uh, all it is, the crash meant, uh, it was a French word that meant manger, it meant uh, crib, and so that was the, the crash. But if you look at the history of this Pittsburgh crash, now this here is, uh, this manger scene is gigantic, and it's now on display right next to the UPMC building, which, which you probably know is Steel Plaza, all right? Right next down there to Steel Plaza, there's a gigantic depth of the area of sidewalk and is on display there. But if I could just read to you a little bit of the history of the, of the Pittsburgh crash. Uh, at one point, it was on the, there was a small nativity, and it was on the Allegheny County Courthouse, on the stairs of the Allegheny County Courthouse. However, in 1989, the Supreme Court, now, this is amazing, Pittsburgh has a case that goes all the way to the Supreme Court. Ban, the Supreme Court banned a small nativity scene displayed in the Allegheny County Courthouse due to its religious implications. And right there, we thought, oh, man, I remember the, the, the battle. I was a young person in, in that time. I just remember coming. I was in my college years. And I remember saying, wow, this is terrible. How could they take the nativity off of the, off of the county courthouse? And all, all hope is lost for our city. And you have that type of thing. But you can't stop Christmas. You can't stop it. I mean, God had a plan, and God, God's plan for Christmas, you couldn't stop God's plan for Christmas. And, and so, in, in the city of Pittsburgh, 10 years later, in 1999, this crash was erected, and uh, it goes up every year. And let me give you the dimensions of this crash. So you went from something little and small on the county courthouse, you know, maybe something like a, a yard ornament or slightly bigger than that. It says uh, that, that the crash is a replica of the stable constructed by the Italian architect Umberto Mazzana. It is 64 feet wide, 42 feet high, and 36 feet long. It is an exact replica as what, of what is in the Vatican, all the way in Rome. So somebody in Pittsburgh, uh, a great guy went from Pittsburgh, and he went up there and he said, we can design our own. And so that there was a private foundation that went out and paid for this to be designed. And now we have this mammoth display. It's right next to what I know is a steel tower. It goes up every year on light-up night, and it stays up all year, uh, all Christmas season into the first week of January. Now, you couldn't stop Christmas. And some people were crying because, oh, the city hall, they took it down. You can't stop it. I, you see, somebody took it, and it's now on private property, but it's well, it's highly visible, and you go down there. And I have great memories. When my kids were little, I'd take them down, and you just put a little kid up against that magnumous thing. And still to this day, I go down there, and I see this. It's just, it's all taking. And, and you take it in, you're like, wow, wow, the Messiah came for me. 
And, and as, as we think of Christmas tonight, I want you to know that, that Christmas, that you try, it was tried to stop. People tried to stop it, and you can't stop Christmas. As you look at the promises of God all relating to, uh, all relating to Christmas, and actually it was 2,000 years before Christmas. God gave a, a promise to a man named Abram, Abraham, and we talked about this a few weeks ago. But God gave a promise to a man named Abraham, and it was the beginning. What it was, this was how God was starting to show man that a relationship with God is by believing God. By believing God's promises. It wasn't by something that you do. It wasn't by how good you could be. And so God made a promise to Abraham. And here was his promise. Genesis 12, 3. He said, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. He said, I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse you. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. This man was 75 years old. And God said, Abraham, I want you to get up, and you and your wife, you're going to go move, and you're going to, start, you know, you, uh, you're going to stop where I tell you to stop, and, and I'm going to make a great nation out of you. And Abraham's 75 years old, he's never had any kids, and he's thinking, how am I going to become a great nation? You see, the promise was unbelievable, but he came and he believed God. He just took God at his word. And I think today we've we got to understand that because God's made some unbelievable promises. But when you choose to believe his unbelievable promises, you have faith. Your life is transformed. And God does a mighty work in your life. Uh, that, that was a promise kept. God kept his promise. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And you see what happened here was that he knew that it, it wasn't by Abraham. It wasn't Abraham that was going to give the blessing. But it would be somewhere through him, through his people, that all people would be blessed. Every tribe, every nation would be blessed through him. And so what happened was uh, Abraham had a son, Isaac. Isaac had a son and so on and so forth. And, and we have this downline. And what happened was the, the nation grew. Um, Jacob has, uh, has his family and, uh, and, and the 12 sons. And, and they grow and it becomes the 12 tribes of Israel. And we watch this nation grow and the nation goes into slavery under Egypt. And then Moses takes the takes and delivers them out. They're wandering in the desert for 40 years. And as they're, they're wandering, they're wondering, how, what is God doing? At the end of Moses' reign, a guy named Joshua comes. Joshua's a great leader. And Joshua took them into the promised land. And they had their land. And, and God did many great things. And, and as you look through the genealogies, you'll see one day a man named Jesse had a son named David. He was known as King David. And King David was is still, to this day, Jewish people revere King David as a highly respected individual. Under King David's reign, Israel was known as a military power. Israel was known for its military might, and those were good days and days of blessing. And, and so as you read through the Psalms, you hear them talk about David, as in, the kings of David, as in the days of King David. And you start looking back through Scripture, you see that David is this, another highly revered character. And then David had a son, his name was Solomon. And Solomon, he, uh, he had relatively peaceful time during his reign. As a matter of fact, he was known as the wisest man. He was the richest man uh, ever. And it was just incredible what God did during the time of Solomon. And you would think if God was going to send his son, if God was going to fulfill that promise to Abraham, it would have been during Solomon's time because everything was just right. It was peaceful. There was plentiful. And, uh, and it was a good time, a good era in the history of Israel. But then, after Solomon, things began to decline, and it began to get hard, and they began to go through times of oppression. They would disobey God, and then God would 
get their attention through, through oppression. And they would go through this cycle of obedience brings blessing and disobedience brings curse. And they would go through this whole cycle. And, uh, and then God would raise up prophets over and over to say, listen, I want to remind you of the promise that God had. So Isaiah 49, 6, yeah, the, the, the prophet Isaiah, this is from God. He tells the people, says, I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. He makes a promise. He says, listen, you're going you're to be salvation to everybody. That somehow Israel would bring light to everybody. And they're thinking, how can we bring light? We don't even have any hope. Times are so dark. At the, another prophet, at the, the, one of the last prophets before the 400 years of silence, Malachi, he says this, uh, God said through the prophet Malachi, my name will be great among the nations from the rising to the setting of the sun. In every place that incense and pure offerings will be brought to me, uh, brought to my name because my name will be great among the nations. And the people just wondered, wow. How will, how will the name of God be great whenever we're under oppression? Uh, whenever we're under, whenever there, there's, our nation's going through this hard time. And what would happen from there? We saw that the Babylonians came in and conquered Israel. And then the Persians came in and conquered the Babylonians. And then the Greeks came in and the Greeks conquered the Persians. All the way till 63 BC when Pompey comes. And Pompey, he, uh, he comes from Rome, and, and they seize Jerusalem. And you go out, and you, you can Google search 63 B.C., the siege of Rome, uh, the siege of Jerusalem by Pompey, and you'll find that he went into the temple. Uh, he desecrated the very temple where these people worshipped, came in on a horse and, and just mocked it, desecrating the Holy of Holies. 63 B.C., it was a dark hour. And for 63 years leading up to the birth of Jesus Christ, we see it was darkness. They're under Roman oppression. This is not good. And so Jesus was born whenever you would least expect it. When you would say, when you would say there's no hope, uh, there's nothing happening. It's been quiet 400 years since we had our last prophet has spoken. And here comes Jesus, and it happens quietly. It happens in a way that nobody was expecting it. And what happened here was in Luke chapter 1, the angel comes and speaks to Mary. It, it, it's pretty cool. Luke 1, 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent, to God, uh, sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph on the house of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Mary and Joseph had not had any sexual relationship. And here they are, it is uh, the angels coming and talking to Mary now. They're in the formal legal engagement period. Uh, to get out of this legal engagement, you would have to had had a divorce. It was that serious of a commitment, but yet there were no physical relationship at that point. The virgin's name was Mary, verse 28. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what kind of greeting that this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. And he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. 
You see, he was, he was prophesied that prophet Isaiah said that he would come of the house of David, right? Of the lineage of David. And then there was just one other problem. He was also to come out of the town of Bethlehem, out of the, out of the, out of the house of, uh, of David. The, there was the lineage of, of David. Now he was to come out of the house, the place where David lived, David's throne. And isn't it interesting? God says that he holds the king's heart in the palm of his hand. And I want to give you great peace today because, you know, you look in our world and you think it's a little bit crazy politically, and the answer is amen, right? Uh, God holds the heart of every king in his hand. And I want to give you that confident assurance because it's a crazy mixed up world out there, folks. God holds the, the heart of every king in his hand. And what did God do? Here it is, Luke chapter 2. You're probably very familiar with this. Luke chapter 2. God comes in and he does something so, so special. He whispers in the heart of Caesar Augustus. Look, it says, and it came to pass in those days. Interesting, when Luke says this, he's not saying, once upon a time, he's telling you, look, this really happened. He wasn't making up no stories, folks. He was a doctor. Doctors pay attention to detail. Weren't you thanking God for that? When you go in and the doctor takes your blood pressure, he pays attention to detail. You don't like what he has to say half the time, but he's paying attention to detail. Luke was a doctor, and he, did, he interviewed all the eyewitnesses. So he comes and he gathers the eyewitness account. He says, I am convinced of this, that he is the Messiah. And he says, so he gives us these little details in his account. He says, it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Uh, the, census, the, the census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. Do you see what God did? There was a prophecy 700 years before that, the, that Isaiah said he would come of the lineage of David and from the town of David. They were in Nazareth. And God places on the, on the leader's heart the most important, most influential man of all that Roman Empire, this massive world power, and he lays it on his heart to have a tax. And this man was ready to have a tax to make his empire spread, to raise more funds, to make his name great. And you know what God did? God used... Caesar Augustus, to make his name great. He's just a little footnote. He's just a little side. Oh, by the way, Caesar Augustus was there, and he raised the tax. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into, into Judea, the city of David, which was called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. You can't stop Christmas. You can't stop it. You see, it was thousands of years all the way to the, to the moment that this baby was born. And it really was a holy night. It really was a silent night because inside, in that manger, it was pretty quiet. There wasn't much fanfare going on there. 
Mary and Joseph probably thought that they had been forgotten. And they're there, and then all of a sudden the shepherds arrive. Look, look what happens uh, in, in the fields. Now they were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. See, the good news was for all people. It wasn't just for the good people. It just wasn't for the church people. It just wasn't for the Jewish people. It just wasn't for the nation of Israel. It was for all people, and that all people includes you today. Good tidings of great joy for all people. For there is born, verse 11, for there is born to you this day in the city of David, in Bethlehem, who is a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill toward men. And isn't it awesome what God did? He, left, he, he fulfilled his promise. So, so all the way down to that manger moment, all the way there, God was planning and God knew. Galatians 4, 4 says at just the right time, God sent his son. And just the right time was when it was dark. It was hard. The political scene was ugly. They wondered if God would ever fulfill his promise. And God says, okay, it's time. And Jesus comes to earth. And that baby was born. And this was not just any other Jewish baby. You know, it's kind of wild that the whole world, that verse from Isaiah, that, the, that they will be a light to the whole world. Go home tonight. Watch CNN. Fox, MSNBC, and you're going to see all about Bethlehem tonight. There's, you're going to see the pilgrimages going back. You're going to see the whole world's attention is going to be turned. And the question will be, did the Messiah actually come? And for many, they don't believe. But for tonight, I invite you to believe. I don't invite you to believe because it was once upon a time. This is not once upon a time. It was, and so this is the way it happened. And we have all these facts that show us that this is the way it happened. We have interviews of eyewitnesses that said this is the way it happened. We have the inspired word of God. This is the way it happened. And so tonight, I want to ramp up with this thought. John 3.16 is one of the most familiar verses in all the Bible. And you've probably heard it. Um, if you know it, would you say it with me? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is awesome. Look, God, this baby came to live a perfect life. And he went all the way to the cross and he died for you. And he does not condemn you. Verse 17, John 3, 317. So you just said 16 with me. 317 says, but God did not come. Jesus did not come into the world to condemn it. But that the world through him might be saved. He fulfilled the law. You don't have to fulfill it. Aren't you glad for that? Can we give God a hand for that? That's awesome, man. That's awesome. You, you, you see, you, you can't fulfill the law. You can offer God your best, and your best ain't good enough. You can't make your good good enough, and you can't certainly make your bad good enough. 
And so God sends his son Jesus. He dies on the cross, pays for your sin. And he says, whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If you will believe in your heart that Jesus, that God raised Jesus from the dead and, and, and that he will save you. Do you understand that tonight? Tonight, you don't have to join any church. Would love for you to join the church. But that doesn't get you to heaven. Giving money, that doesn't get you to heaven. Being good, certainly, please go out and be good. But that doesn't get you to heaven. Jesus gets you to heaven. And he gives you life that starts today. So today, I'd like to invite you to believe to believe that this little baby that came is the Messiah to, who came to save you from your sin. That was his job. He came to save you from your sin. Will you open your heart to him today and call upon him? If that's you, I'd like to pray with you in just a moment and lead you in a prayer as we close. Let's close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed today, no one looking around, I'd like to invite you to Jesus. To believe, to trust him. Like you came in and you trusted that chair to hold you up. You, get, you put your weight on there. You didn't second guess it. You just came down and you trusted it. If that's you today, you'd like to open your heart to Jesus. Would you pray with me now? Just quietly between you and the Lord. Call upon the Lord. Just say something like this. Uh, just with your heads bowed and eyes closed. You don't have to say it out loud. Just quietly to God. Something like this. Dear God. I need you tonight. I'm a sinner. I've done wrong things. But you came to this earth to pay for my sin. And when everybody else thought the promises were gone, you kept your promise. God, tonight, I believe your promise that you paid for my sin on that cross and that you came back to life again for me. Dear God, I invite you into my life right now. And for others, maybe you've been struggling. Maybe you had an experience like that long ago and you've just been walking away from him. You know, there's no better time than right now to come back to God. There's no better time than now to retune your heart to the manger, to the cross, to the resurrection. Would you just retune your heart and say, God, I need you. Because the truth is we need God every day. What a great prayer to pray every morning. God, I need you. Lord, be with each person as they respond to you all over this place. In your precious name. Toes, the tree with presents wrapped below. 
There's more to this than you had ever thought. Have we lost the reason that we celebrate each year? What is Christmas if there never was a Savior? said it's all about Jesus here, right? Would you take your candle as we begin our closing of our service here today and um, just uh, let's light the candle together. As we have done for many years, uh, our tradition here has been to uh, just take one candle and uh, watch the flame spread across the congregation here. I'd like to ask you just to sing Silent Night with me, uh, actually with Rhonda, okay? And uh, let's, let's sing that a cappella as we uh, close our service. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin, mother and child. Holy infant so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep. 
Holy infant so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. No crib for a bed. The little Lord Jesus sat down his sweet head. The stars in the sky looked down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. Us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Around. Look at the uh, beauty of this auditorium this afternoon. And uh, raise your candle high to the Lord, for He alone is worthy. 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 Christ the Lord. We extinguish our candles today. I want to encourage you, maybe you want to take that home as a remembrance of today's service. And uh, we just want to encourage you to uh, greet those around you. God bless you. You are dismissed. And a Merry Christmas to all.